Welcome to the Dogzo 9000.0, the official podcast of 1900 Hot Dog, America's last comedy web zone. I'm Meet Space's Robert Brockway, and with me is the Internet's Sean Baby. I'm here in IRL. You'll notice I did not have to change your intro for a computery thing we're doing because you're already from the Internet. That's true. That's yeah. What a happy coincidence. I've been cyber. It, was, it saved me a minute of work. I've been cyber since it's cool, then after it wasn't cool, and now when it's cool again. It's not cool again. <laughs> Fuck! And coming at you straight from the future year of 1997, it's Cyber Tom Riven. Oh, cool, thanks. You came. I, I was like sitting here, like, man, do I have to come up with a robot name for myself? Shit. <laughs> come up Dica- with a robot name for yourself now. You did it to yourself. Dica Tom Ryman. Does that work? Sure. Di- like Dai Katana, you guys remember? Th- Never mind. I do. I remember that. That was the, <laughs> the video game where it's like, he's going to fucking lay eggs in your face, you fucking bitch. <laughs> was it actually from 19... 19- it might have actually been from 1997. Are you that on point? Maybe. I think it might have been 2000, which is, you know, very appropriate. Oh, uh, even better. The, ga- the game-changing computer game. 2000 uh, in the year was 2000. somehow more 90s than the 90s. Mm-hmm. It was the it was the 90s year of the 90s. It was. That's how it works out. And there was no going I think, back. I think the year 2000 had the shittiest video games and digital effects in movies of any year of the 90s. Yeah, I'll say that. And then everything had to change because of uh, that scene from Terminator. You know, 9-11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Of course. <laughs> I think that article will be out by the time this podcast runs. Somebody will get that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just casually accepted that <laughs> I was like yeah. oh yeah sure the 9-11 scene in Terminator <laughs> to explain uh, there is, was a 9-11 scene in the TV show Terminator Jason just wrote about it uh, because it was in that era right after 9-11 for about five years where just all reverence was given to it and you could do any ludicrous thing like if you want a Doctor Doom to cry watching the towers fall fine put it in the comic book and in Terminator the TV show these like gangbangers one of which was like shirtless and like tatted up was explaining to uh lita headley here's here's what happened nine because she didn't know what 9 11 was because she's from the future or whatever and he's like no no no, here comes like and he, he acted out 9 11 with his hands and she cries and it's just the fucking dumbest shit you've ever seen but like at the time we're like yeah this is really powerful that's a real sorkin move man yeah it was very sorkin <laughs> you just... not only could get away with any reference to 9 11 you had to it right you were just... like obligated to include it you, everybody was just waiting for like, okay, what what's about nine eleven about this show? Like, like Good Charlotte wrote a song about it. Like that's how Creed did a halftime we show about it. Mm. Many years after the fact, the planes were flying. <laughs> yes, oh it yeah, was, <laughs> it was theoretical upset. She's like, I would yeah. have been sad on that day. She's like, man, I would have thought it was the cyber apocalypse if I saw that. Oh, and now that would have made me really upset. I get it. Yeah. I get nine eleven. Your little hand play of a terrorist attack, Cholo, <laughs> has touched me. Are they like uh, was Sarah Connor? Like were, was Sarah Connor? Like were they hunter killers? Like driven by Cyberdyne? And then the guy was like, "No, no, they were they were flown by people." And they both just stop and slowly look into the camera. Oh, it's all it's all muted. People like, like it's us. all over music. So uh, I don't. Maybe they, he said that like with his hands. He might have been that good. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he might have like finger tutted out hunter killer <laughs> in the middle of this. Because we're the real villains, you see. I think finger tutting is the best way to describe 9-11. 9-11 as told by finger tutting is as powerful as it gets. Uh, 
I want to see the Thumb Wars version of 911. <laughs> hey, Watch Tom, we should, um, we should plug uh, Gamefully Unemployed here at the top of the oh, show. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I do run a podcast and streaming network with my uh, buddy Dave Bell, uh, Gamefully Unemployed. You guys should check that out at patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. We have all kinds of cool podcasts uh, and streaming and stuff. It's uh, It's fun. It's good. Check it's really it out. fun and good. It's good. fun and good. Love it, babe. Love like, it, babe. Listen, bungo uh, on a double decker bus, Jackson. <laughs> and Sean, what do you, what do you want to plug? Uh, my Dennis Miller impersonation is touring live on the internet. Ooh, I the internet, really, timely. really want you to do that now. Like you know how like people like Val Kilmer and somebody else before him did it before he ripped it off, but just like going around doing like public speaking engagements as mark twain like oh, i God. want you to go around doing speaking engagements as dennis miller i'm if sure we ever seen do a the live new show. val kilmer documentary that's like really touching and powerful and it like has all of his own home movies and stuff but it really gives nope. you a sense of how insufferable val kilmer was like he had this relationship that he tanked because he really wanted to become jim morrison for that doors movie and so it had footage he recorded of himself like just watching Doors videos and practicing being Jim Morrison for like apparently an entire year of his fucking human life to the point where his <laughs> wife is like, this is not a sustainable relationship. For that movie, for yes. how that movie turned out. And and uh, yeah, so when he became Mark Twain, it was very much like he knew in his heart he had become Mark Twain. And, I've uh, learned, I've learned the best fact <laughs> I learned it today. And you won't believe how it dovetails into everything we've talked about so far in the eight minutes of this podcast. <laughs> I learned that Billy Idol got in a motorcycle accident in the 90s, a really bad one, and that put him out of commission. And that's the only reason, the only reason that he did not play his part as Jim Morrison in the Doors movie. Wow. And that's the only reason, the only reason he did not play the part of the villain, the T-1000 in Terminator 2. God. I'm not kidding. Huh. That's real. Billy Idol was going to be both of those roles. Done. Done deal. I, I think he would have been great as both those, but like maybe not as good. Like I think <laughs> there's Val a Kimmer universe was a great where Jim he Morrison. played both. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. I mean, we would still be talking about Billy Idol's T1000. Uh, you know, yeah. it, much in the same way we're still talking about Robert Patrick's T1000. But yeah, so I'm basically like agreeing with what Sean just said. It's like it would have been incredible, but a very different incredible. Yeah. In the time skipped universe where Sarah Connor came from, that happened. <laughs> instead of instead of 9/11. I would have <laughs> loved if the T1000 like disguised himself as like a rock and roll singer too. That would have been a good scene. Instead of a cop, he'd been like trying to infiltrate the teens as like a, a, a rock and roll expert mm -hmm. i don't know yeah it's like a tough guy yeah. punk he would have been yeah, playing that role just like he did every moment of his career <laughs> Ooh, he would have had to like masquerade as like axel rose right because of the guns and roses song it wouldn't have been, you know it wouldn't have been a guns and roses song it would have been a billy idol song that's specifically true yeah. for the movie there's no way they're getting out of that without doing some sort of a CGI snarl morph. Like he's going to get shot in the face and then his face is going to form back and be a, like a snarl for five or six frames. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I wish this he, was just he, the he podcast. Would... This could have been the <laughs> yeah. podcast. I don't know why I brought no, no, this no. up. Listen, listen, them. listen. He would transform and then reform sneer first. Yep. It would begin yep. and end at the sneer. Yeah. It would like swirl back yeah, into exactly. the sneer. Everybody, exactly. everybody can picture that. Exactly. He would he would shapeshift depending entirely on his on his weird mouth. You can see it in your mind's eye because that's how the universe should have been. 
we we were yeah. robbed yeah. of this time. We're in the wrong I'll go ahead and line. say it. <laughs> uh, I would like to plug the holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. You say Merry's yeah. fucking Christmas around here. God damn it. Please consider the holidays. Yeah. And use the code WienerBoys to unlock an exclusive hot dog themed holiday near you. Oh man, I can't I want I want that. I want to know what that looks Use like. Use the code WienerBoys. It works. Just plug <laughs> it in. Plug it, enter into, it into your favorite with the, World Wide Web website. Which, would the would would the tree be one giant hot dog or would it be like a bunch of hot dogs like wrapped together with some sort of twine like dental floss? It's like a I hot dog you know salad you'd see in an mm-hmm. old like fifties recipe in book. In your heart. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, sure. <laughs> one of those great depression <laughs> recipes. <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just a bunch of fucking hot dogs, maybe? (laughs) Take a a bunch of green jello and you form it into a mold, fill it with hot dogs. There is no way. There is no way anybody is going to guess what this podcast is supposed to be about. (laughs) I don't even remember. (laughs) It should have been about Billy Idol being Terminator, and I'm bookmarking that. That needs to be its own podcast. Uh, So the real one is going to be a letdown. Today, we are talking about the 1990s, and they're just bizarre obsession with virtual reality especially considering Mm. it wasn't even close to being a thing like the best they could do at the time was the virtual boy and like every studio head in the 90s saw that and was this will change everything so every movie was virtual reality i did just buy an oculus quest 2 so i could buy resident evil 4 for the fifth time because it's my favorite Mm -hmm. game uh and it's it's okay it's it makes every video game just a little bit uh, dumber and worse, but uh, in kind of an interesting way. It makes... Uh, see, I tried the PlayStation 1 when it came out, and it made every video game extremely nauseous. Yeah. Yeah, it makes everything very sweaty. Like, we still haven't... That's the one of the funniest things about VR in, in 90s movies is that it existed at the time in, like, in the same format that it still exists in, where it's yeah. just you have to strap a gigantic TV screen to your face. <laughs> and that's and that's yeah, immersion. We made progress on like how it looks and all, but uh, right. no, nobody has fixed this entire this entire deal of just strapping a-, a whole bunch of stupid shit on yourself instead of just doing the thing on like a like nobody nobody entertained the idea that people would rather maybe just push a button. I think we've all agreed that like it would be awesome, and we sort of experience that in our imagination. So you're playing the VR, and you're thinking, man, twenty years from now, this is going to be fucking sweet. Uh, and, and 20 years from now it's like marginally better yeah, sure but it's still but, pretty much the same but we'll still be thinking that 20 years from now like this will be so cool someday and like we're we're sort of experiencing that just because we are imagining it so hard i think mm-hmm. there's a lot there's a few that are like i guess big ticket technologies i don't know if that that's not the right word at all but like there's a couple of technologies that we've always had the same sort of aspiration for like vr flying cars ai Mm -hmm. like fully aware ai uh that we just it's like every generation we're like it's the same experience that you just were talking about where it's like yeah man it's in 20 years this is gonna be awesome and then 20 years goes by and it's still Mm -hmm. kind of the same bullshit I would argue we're sort of getting VR. Like, it, it's at least some sort of manageable. It probably yeah. looks better than it did, than they thought it would look in the 90s, because their, even their movie caliber special effects weren't as good as our video game special effects now. But right. uh, I like that nobody nobody even thought, nobody even thought to mention that it just maybe existing in a virtual world that doesn't match your body would make you extremely sick, would make you just <laughs> violently ill. 
yeah, it's really, it's bad. And so every video game that doesn't make you nauseous, you're sort of slowly pointing and teleporting around. And yeah, the just, point and teleport. It was yeah. like, why everything's an adventure game now? Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. It it's, it's, it's a fun way to, like you said, it's a fun way to make every game slightly worse. Right. <laughs> but, but they did slightly more that. difficult sometimes to satisfying. like there's something about resident before when you pull a knife off your chest and swing it you're like okay this fucking rules but then uh that's about it other than that you're like this is not as good as the playstation version super hot super hot was badass and that was super that hot was the only ones yeah i was like oh shit this is this will change everything. I'm into VR now. And then I bought a bunch of VR games and I was like, I am not into VR at all. <laughs> it's no, it's still the same. It's still, uh, you know, the, it looks better. Uh, some of the VR, VR arcades you can go to now are kind of cool. Uh, but like, yeah, the technology is still like incredibly limited. Yeah, and like, every inch need. of them just covered in barf. Just yes. <laughs> barfed yeah. all over. A hundred percent. One of the people in my group threw up when we went to a VR game, and it's it's just never represented in pop culture. Is yeah, that, that, like that didn't one, show up in any of the movies. One out of four people that straps this thing on is just gonna puke their asshole out. Now, like, what, what astonished me about like the 1990s and their obsession with VR was that the internet itself was exploding at the time, and they made like a few internet movies. They made a few. There were a few mm-hmm. internet movies. But there was nowhere near as much as VR. Got nowhere near the budget as like their VR terror. They were more interested in either just widely praising VR or being terrified of it than they were in like addressing the actual change that was completely changing the world. Like the internet was happening there. Yeah. Even in its earliest stages, even like early 90s, the internet was still very much a thing. And like you could have looked at that and been like, this is it. But no, no, they, they looked at the virtual boy and, and shit and were just like, yeah, I think, yeah, that's um... it. I think what the problem there is that the internet is really harmful to screenwriting. Like the idea that any character can learn anything or communicate. It sucks. It does suck. Fucking ruins every plot. Right. It's like cell phones, like fucks up everything. You have to like take a moment in every movie to say, okay, here's why no one has their phones on them. Right. Or you set your movie in the 1950s. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I think even even just like early nineties when it exists, but nobody was interested, but nobody gave a shit. Right. You can, they can say like, I can look this up on the internet and everybody just laughs. You fucking nerd, get out of here. No, we're going to the library. Gonna look at microfiche. <laughs> I love a nice microfiche scrolling scene. Oh, yeah. I miss those. Those were great. I, that's, mm, that's like, yeah, investigated scenes where they're like scrolling through old yeah. newspapers, looking up address, staring at old photographs. That's the real shit. Fuck. Yeah, that's the real shit. You kids it's, today. It's hard. With it's your hard typing to... in a bar, close up on I... typing in a bar. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's, it's hard to capture that like investigative in- excitement with, with a character just typing something into Google. It also yeah. ruins it every time because it's, they're always on some like fucking made up browser and everything looks a little bit wrong and there's no Bonk autocomplete. Net. Yeah. And so you're like, <laughs> this, this is fucking stupid. I'll goggle it. Or it's, <laughs> or it's an embarrassing attempt to like kind of... F- front or feature their own like browser right. like how peter parker looks everything up on bing yeah, the amazing on. spider-man movies and that's you just know he'd be a much better hero if he used on, Google. on his sony vio it's like good god he's not serious about going to college yeah, don't trust anyone who uses <laughs> <Bing>. <laughs> okay but, so we have yeah. each 
brought a movie from this era, uh, from the 90s, and what they thought about VR. Uh, since I inflicted this on everybody, uh, it makes sense to me that I'll go first. And I would argue I have the one that, in the 90s at least, started it all. I am bringing the Lawnmower Man. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Of yeah, course. I honest, like to be perfectly honest, I just watched this movie for the first time like a month ago. Oh my god! See, that's how you been living your because, life. Yeah, I think of you as know. a cyber expert, Tom. I, maybe it's just because right. on the hot dog site you've written uh, three '90s movies articles, and uh, it feels like from your Judge Dredd, from your RoboCop piece, uh, it feels like this is your expertise. Yeah, it's 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 odd that I missed this movie because this movie was heavily advertised in 90s comics. If you were reading comics in the 90s, oh, yeah. you probably saw 172 ads for oh, this yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, I remember them. I remember the, the like, cyberscape with the lawnmower man face coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was I, a dope-ass Super Nintendo game. They were really excited about this VR technology uh, that, that just looks terrible in the movie. <laughs> and we all thought it looked so badass, I guess, at the time. Did we? Because I don't remember. I don't remember. I, so. I honestly don't remember. Like, how? Like, because that it also came out really close to Jurassic Park, and so we're like, oh, this is what like actual digital effects can look like, not mm-hmm. whatever goofy Tron shit. This yeah, movie I feel is. like it's it's all confidence. I feel like it's like just a short man at a bar pulling all the ladies. Like he just came out with pure confidence, so that you don't notice any any shortcomings about it. Because if you watch that, they relied so heavily on the CGI. Never shied away from it. Never, like, did a quick flash cut. Never tried to veil something in darkness. It was front and center. Fuck yeah, we can do this CGI every minute of that movie. Yeah. If I remember, like, it was generally they were in cyberspace when the CGI happened, right? Or were they doing... Nope. No, it happens in real life a few times, too. Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I didn't. All right, I don't want to jump ahead, but there's a few. <laughs> no, it's fine. We're very just, questionable moments. We're trying to be very brief because we brought three movies for an hour long podcast, and we already burned I don't know, like forty minutes talking about Billy Idol as the we're Terminator. Quite a mess around. It was all today. important. It was all important, <laughs> and I'm not cutting any of it. I'm leaving it all in. So, <laughs> no, why would you? Uh, anyway, the the '90s had just a lot of feelings about VR, but I feel like more than anything else, they were scared of it. <laughs> Like, there are so many 90s VR horror movies. It's the silliest genre. There was a real fear that it would... (coughs) It it reminds me of, like, the satanic panic around, like, D&D. Like, there was a real... Totally. And and I guess it was also sort of the beginning of, like, the, the video game violence hearings. So there was, like, this real fear that, like, people... Like, kids playing video games or adults playing video games would be able... Like, VR would allow them to be completely immersed in, like worlds that would be indistinguishable from reality so it would just generate a whole generation of sociopaths and that's exactly what the lawnmower man's about it is a movie about a scientist who turns an idiot into a supervillain with video games that's that's the log line for the lawnmower man it's yeah. like flowers for algernon if Al, uh, if if the dude just fucked a lot of people in it like had a weird sexual relationship with his neighbor. And Algernon was an AI, like a rogue AI that, that made him too smart. Wait, I'm writing this now. Hold on. I've got to take some notes. <laughs> j- this is a fun fact. Uh, Billy Idol was originally set to play the chimpanzee in this movie. <laughs> that, He's going to play Algernon okay. bot. Okay. <laughs> I, 
whatever the lawnmower man has to say about VR, like the movie deserves to be enshrined in the Library of Congress for no other reason than its opening sequence in which a monkey goes oh, on yeah. a rampage. Oh, fuck, yeah. Opening sequence was the, the best opening sequence. So le- anybody that hasn't seen it or hasn't seen it recently, the movie opens on a research center for chimpanzee warfare. And right away you're like, hell yeah, chimp warfare. Why aren't we doing this more? <laughs> And, and so this, they cut to how they're accomplishing making these chimps like aggressive and teaching them battle, and it's, it's VR. And of course, this movie is so generous, it puts the chimp, chimpanzee in a little Tron suit mm-hmm. and a giant VR helmet. It gives him the giant goofy helmet that you've always wanted to see. And beyond that, it puts the chimpanzee in a big gyroscope and spins him around, and it's just... That's in the opening minutes of your movie. It's so kind. I've never met a kinder movie. Generous is a good way to describe that. Like, if you're going to that movie like, ah, this is about flowers for Algernon with some cyber elements, and you see this spinning chimpanzee, you're like, oh, fuck yes. (laughs) And then he first shots. And then he breaks out of his gyroscope and starts shooting people. You're like, what? They have the generosity, the kindness of heart to show you the war game that the chimp is playing. They render the chimpanzee war game, and he's running through, like, a terrible N64 level shooting, like, giant silver gorillas. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's his war game that they're teaching him. What, so he, he breaks he? out, and he grabs the helmet, and then, yeah, he, he grabs, he steals a security guard's gun and gives him a little nod, like, what's up, motherfucker, and puts a bullet in his brain in the first three minutes so of the movie. And I do yeah, want to say did. that the fact that he was shooting gorillas... Uh, sort of implies that they developed a software specifically for the chimpanzees. This wasn't adapted from a human video game. No, no, I, it's very clearly like this is chimp warfare. Yes, they they do say, I believe, at some point, like they're they're gonna like you know deploy it to humans at some point. Yes, but someday. for right now, yeah, they yeah. are teaching the chimps how to war through VR, and they made a little chimp video game, and I love that they made him enemies. Like, what's the natural enemy of chimps? Giant silver gorillas. He'll know that. He'll they wanted to that. tap into. They wanted to tap into his natural rage reservoirs. <laughs> anyway, that was that was uh, Pierce Brosnan is in this movie as a as a rogue video game scientist, which I guess, <laughs> which I guess the 1992 thought a rogue video game scientist was a thing. That's a terrifying he, thing to a 1992 parent for sure. <laughs> right. This is this is their satanic panic fears. Like the the scientists that make video games could go rogue on us at any minute. <laughs> And he does when they kill his chimp, which was his best chimp. And he wasn't ready for like this final level, I guess, that they gave him. So he takes off to do his own research. And luckily... Chimp Icarus. (laughs) (laughs) He chimps too close to the sun. I like that. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan is also like violently sexual in this movie. He's like, so, so fucking just, like, smoldering. Our, our kids are going to get corrupted by sexy rogue video games. Like all the all the moms that saw it were just like, I would listen to him. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's so I, much more insidious. These are the people designing our video games. I'd play his chimp war game. He fucking he fucks every line out of his mouth. He fucks the camera <laughs> with his eyes the whole time. Yeah, he does. Nothing is safe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, especially not Job, who's the idiot that he finds. Uh, Job is played by Jeff Fahey, uh, and he does it like he's auditioning for Dumb and Dumber and did not get the part for being insensitive. He's just <laughs> w- he's constantly just a duh idiot, just right there it's, on the verge. 
it is very very bad <laughs> like it's, it's however bad you're imagining it it's worse yeah it's rosie o'donnell like it's like were you like not a dick when you were a kid ever you don't know how to like do a good impersonation of a of a challenged person <laughs> right it's, this was the 90s everybody did that yeah, it's yeah, awful every, but everybody you, you should know how to you, do this you could get away with it still like uh, the, the best thing about his performance in that aspect is that it's 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 blessedly short because sure. he very quickly gets like algernon yeah Man. but for right now at the start of the movie he they call him the lawnmower man of course from the title uh because he's so stupid he's only good for mowing lawns but then they make this insane decision to have him like live his whole life for lawns. He lives in a garden shed and he has built a shrine to Jesus out of lawnmower parts. Cause like, that's, that's how they saw shit. mental illness in the 1990s. Just loves lawnmowers. <laughs> he praised a little shrine of lawnmower parts and uh, the priest that I guess owns the grounds that he lives on flips out of this I guess owns him. him I guess owns like, him it is very seriously portrayed like various people can just take him which is how Dr. Lawrence also does it he just takes this idiot he's like nobody owns this local idiot so I'm gonna take him and start experimenting on him yeah, like Ernest goes to camp said how do, how do you own an idiot how do you own a mountain right it's, like, it's, it's, it's anybody's idiot you can just it's yours like to it's like a Louis L'Amour novel in a coffee shop. It's like, yeah, they're just there for you to take. Nobody yeah. ever does, but, but you they're could. there if you want them. But you could, theoretically. You could throw it into your chimp war game. <laughs> I wish Let's I wish he'd happens. done it straight up. Just brought the chimp war game, and it's like, I'm going to teach this idiot chimp warfare. <laughs> what an he, amazing movie that was. He be. does have like a Silver Age comic book villain thing about him. Like, he's I'm the lawnmower man, which means I wear a lawnmower costume, and I live in a lawnmower house, and, you know... <laughs> I fight Batman. He's, he's, he's very brand conscious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is how, this is how they thought. Like if you're an idiot, you get really simple and that means you can only do one thing. And so if you, if you're into lawns, if you mow lawns, that's you, you're the lawnmower guy. Anyway, uh, Dr. Lawrence excited to find his own idiot, uh, just grabs him, grabs the idiot and starts using the power of virtual reality. And I guess virtual reality drugs. To make him smarter, which is, you know, it's, Algernoning. It's really unclear. I just assumed he was injecting him with liquid cocaine. That so they're, they're, they're definitely video game drugs. They make him so good <laughs> at video games. And they, they, they we're actually shown the, the program he uses. He, like, opens up a little terminal next to him, and you, they show the screen, which has, like, a brain, and he goes and he grabs, a, he uses, like, a virtual hand to grab smart from mm-hmm. a drop-down menu and drop it onto yeah, brain. You drag it over into brain. You put the smart yeah. in the brain. You grab the smart, you drop it on the brain, and then he like twitches and stuff. And you're like, yeah, that's you. That I'm making you smarter by dropping smart onto the brain. My favorite part. <laughs> the human brain is like Windows 3.5. It's wonderful what this what this movie. <laughs> God, I just I've said it before, but I'm so jealous of the era when you could just do this and like all the way up into maybe maybe early 2000s. Nobody was going to look anything up. You could just do this. You just had an idea and you're like, yeah, he grabs smart. He drop onto brain. Good. We done. Yeah. We're making fun of it, but I think that is really elegant storytelling. Like, th- I love that's it. Thought it's it's four or five seconds it. and efficient. you get what's happening. It's dumb yeah. as shit, but it's... Uh, <laughs> it's incredibly efficient. But if you're on board, like, you're on board. You're, you understand. So there's also a very problematic side plot in this where a bored housewife at one of the one of the houses where he mows the lawn 
seduces him because now he's just smart enough to fuck, but mm-hmm. not smart enough to ask questions about the person he's fucking. That's like he is, he's barely smart enough. Yeah, he is very stupid. He is still very stupid, to be clear. It is, like it is the movie's most terrifying sequence. And, the, and what is great about this movie is it does not shy away. It shows how unprepared for a sexual encounter he is, and how like what a problem this is. Mm-hmm. She has to teach him what a kiss is. From step one, like it, he doesn't know that it involves mouths. Like he's, <laughs> he's just never even seen it before. Like that's that's the guy you're you're about to have sex with. I think that's every woman's dream to just find a man who's just from the ground up. You have to fix like that's what the ladies want. Yeah, just an empty slab of meat. Yeah, she te- she teaches him about sex by placing his hand on her boob, saying soft, then placing her hand on his dick <laughs> and saying hard and then we cut to the sex scene <laughs> yeah that's that's all that's you need to know wildly offensive <laughs> nothing about this is okay it can't that have been okay in 1992 so that's, that's i mean that's how my, i don't know how your parents gave you the talk but <laughs> <laughs> I, I really hope it wasn't like that tell me it wasn't like that <laughs> We, well, wait, VR no, we with, can't. We can't. We can't go into that in this podcast. It's supposed to be a fun podcast. That's going to get real dark. <laughs> VR and liquid cocaine was definitely involved. That it's so developmental to him that, like, when you go into his cyber realm and you're a lady, he's, he'll be like, "Show me your softs," and they have to keep re-explaining. Like, no, no, no. We call them titties, and he's like, "Ah, you're right. My now I take out my hard <laughs> does not compute." <laughs> Anyway, he's so, just, he's rock fucking stupid, and we jump to the next scene in the lab where the scientists say, he absorbed Latin yesterday in two hours. That's such a good jump cut. Yeah. Like, you're like, he's so stupid, <laughs> it took him an hour and a half to figure out what a dick was, but today he's got Latin in two hours. He absorbed it. Like, he just laid in the concept of Latin and soaked it up through his pores. Uh, uh, he VR'd it. He played That's it true, as a video yeah. game. And, uh... Anyway, don't worry, you guys. Of course, there's a VR sex scene. So he brings his <laughs> new girlfriend into the virtual world with him. They fuck in VR, which means their mouths melt together and they turn into dragonflies. It's all, it's very tastefully done. It's, it's powerfully erotic, especially the dragonfly part. Uh, and in real life, of course, they are strapped into full VR suits with big goofy helmets on. And they're both spinning in separate gyroscopes. And then we do cut to the lap to show yes. them just spinning. Just spinning, I guess, flinging cum all over the room. Like, who can say? <laughs> Just barfing and jizzing and fucking everywhere. The and Pierce lab. Brosnan's in the background like, yes, my vision. <laughs> this, is, this is what was supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, that was the his whole time. vision for humanity. Yeah. This is exactly how it turned out with the chimps. <laughs> Puking uh. and jizzing. I guess uh, rough sex in virtual reality involves Job turning into a cyber monster and just barfing pixels at her until she turns stupid. Because that's what happens. He turns into a monster while they're fucking and he starts barfing pixels on her and then they cut to her just spending the rest of the movie laying in bed and giggling at shapes. She is now just a total moron because she got fucked too hard in VR, I guess is, is the implication. There's yeah, this movie seems to think that like virtual reality taps into your brainwaves mm-hmm. and isn't just like a video screen that you strap to your face. Yeah, like <laughs> virtual reality <laughs> will change brain. the world. Yeah, Which like on a, I love it so much on a spiritual like electrochemical level. <laughs> 
Anyway, and because it, <laughs> because the video games make Job so smart, he reaches the end game of smartness, which of course is psychic powers. Sure. We all know that. You get smart enough, you get psychic powers. Every movie says that. And then his psychic powers grow so strong that he reaches the end game of psychic powers, which is evil, of course. Mm-hmm. So he gets evil cyber psychic powers and uh, goes rogue as, as everybody, just like that chimp. I mean, we learn nothing from an escaped battle chimp. And that's the best lesson. I don't know. I don't know what's going to teach you. I feel I feel like that part in the little in the in the in the project brief would have been underlined. But... Battle chimp went rogue. <laughs> yeah. Shot dude right in skull. <laughs> just mm. tapped him. Gave him a little nod. <laughs> tapped blew him, him away. <laughs> so here's how he uses his evil cyber psychic powers, and th- this is all where it where it comes out into reality. And they, this is all rendered in real life. Bold. As fuck, they they think this looks great. Uh, he burns a priest, the priest that beat him in the church, using the power of CGI fire. They don't. He doesn't use like mental cyber waves to make the guy catch on fire. They rendered this terrible little CGI flames all over. The, the flames are so bad and so obviously like digital, like video game flames. And this is the kind of the first person we see him kill outside of VR. That I was unclear whether we were supposed to understand that he was like inducing the thought that this guy was burning to death like he's just making him think and feel like he's burning to death but no it's supposed to be literal fire right you remember how bad fire was in like early playstation like playstation one days yeah that was the roughest thing it was either just an actual short little loop of filmed fire laid on something or it was like just a little a terrible... gif of fire that yeah. they glued into the game, basically. And this was 92 before that, so it's worse than that. And, but that priest, goddamn him, he gives a, a hell of a death scene, just screaming, flailing, not knowing that they're going to put little gifts of fire all over him. <laughs> he really uh, sells the on-firedness of it all. He should have got it, some sort of award for that. <laughs> I would love to see that before the CGI fight. Anyway... He also uses his powers to get revenge on a local bully by mowing the man's brain with his VR powers. He, he, a giant face, a giant cyber face of Job with a lawnmower mouth mows over his CGI brain and takes away his smartness. Yes, and it fucking rules. Yes, yeah, we're really lucky to live in a world where that happened. Great that job. Happened and I, no notes. It, you, you have to love this movie so much at that point. If you haven't loved it from the chimp, which I don't know, you have to love... <laughs> The lawnmower man saying, we need a scene where he lawnmower man somebody's brain, right? And everybody just goes, yeah, of course. I don't know how we're getting out of this without it. His brain got mowed. Uh, The authorities finally come for him. So he turns into a giant floating head and then turns a guy into bubbles because somebody saw the bubble effect. And it just blew some studio execs (laughs) mind. It's like clear that they were just using like whatever pre-loaded like graphics package they had this guy's gonna get kai power good yeah like they had a a suite of tools and they showed it to a studio exec and he's like oh man you can bubble this guy it's like i can bubble a guy you want me to bubble a guy (laughs) and we're gonna bevel this one oh this guy needs a drop shadow oh he's getting fucking embossed you know he is (laughs) nobody will be able to believe their eyes (laughs) okay so he then gets it in his head to upload himself into the lab supercomputer, which is the only place with internet access, I guess. Uh, which, uh, yeah, it was 1992. That tracks. It's like colleges and chimp warfare centers are the only places with internet access. So he mm-hmm. he busts into the lab by making CGI cyber bees. 
which I guess... Oh, the bees! I forgot about that. (laughs) The only logical step, he like, I need to get into this lab. There are security forces all around it. I know cyber bees. Leave with bees. If you have unlimited options, the first thing you try is always bees. 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 Do something with the bees. Why not bees, movies ask. Uh, So the cyber bees attack them. I just wish... Uh, to be to be one of those extras on set playing the security guard, and they're like, okay, giant bees are attacking you, and they all pretend they're the cyber bees, and then they watch the movie, and they're like, I was be- supposed to be pretending that was, I look like a fucking dipshit. <laughs> right, like swatting at the bees, like, so this is going to look good, right? Yeah, it's going to look incredible. People are going to fucking lose their minds. People are going to see this movie, and they will go insane when they see <laughs> These they really, bees. they really played it up like that. It was played up as like this cinema experience. At least yeah. in the comic books, the comic books were like, "You won't fucking believe this." And maybe I didn't. I don't remember my feelings <laughs> upon seeing this. Maybe I was like, "Oh shit, cyber bees!" I remember <laughs> because, like was as a- an adult, I was certainly like, "Oh shit, cyber bees." Well, yeah, obviously, you can't, you can't listen. You can't walk through a house of cyber bees and not take pause and and sort of absorb them. Um, I remember the the. CGI the the VR sex scene was was of particular notoriety uh, like that's all I knew about the movie really apart from the comic book ads I saw was that people bone in VR and it's crazy and it takes a really fucking long time <laughs> this is the longest scene in the goddamn movie the cyber anyway, souls so- merged I thought it was pretty hot <laughs> it was it was an ultimate expression yeah, of two souls like- coming together and becoming dragonflies so was it sexy? Oh, not at all. <laughs> no, no, I didn't understand it and I hated it, but man, never seen anything like it. So he makes it into the lab. He uploads himself into the supercomputer. His real life body just instantly dies. And now he's fully CGI. Well, N64 <laughs> effects like bad right. guy. And uh, Dr. Lawrence comes in. He plants a bunch of bombs to kill him. And the big finale of the movie. No shit. Big finale of the movie is the N64 lawn idiot frantically dialing phone numbers so yes. he can escape to the internet before he explodes. That's how the that's the that's the big finale is dialing phone numbers as fast as he can. And he really does look like N64. Like it's like the GoldenEye characters where they would have just like a photograph of the actor's face plastered onto like, like a stretched bunch of, out, <laughs> just a bunch of jagged polygons, looking fucking like, Apex twin, but. I don't know, Aphex Twin on some sort of Russian Dell or something. Just just a bad effect, but they used it so much. They were so confident. I love how confident they were. Like, yeah, they this really, is half the screen time. They really show it off. <laughs> so it's like left up to doubt whether or not he made it out, you know, to the world. Left up to doubt for like five seconds. The movie is not. This is not the movie that ends in ambiguity. He Mm -hmm. says the sign that he made it and became the internet will be every phone ringing at once. And they do. He's the internet now. So now we can be scared of the internet because virtual reality might use it to grow too powerful. The lesson of the lawnmower man. (laughs) It might use the internet to send bees after us. That's right. It might. It still might. I think it's so funny that these movies never focused on the internet when when they were like it's oh this virtual reality is what's going to create the the next generation of right uh, here it's like socially. this little side thing that they they just interject like right the internet's there and he's going to use it to do some shit like right you should have been over here 
movie. Yeah, like everything they're afraid of about virtual reality is like what happened with the internet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, no, no, the internet created the next generation of sociopaths. And very few movies paid attention to it. And The Lawnmower Man was not one of them. The end. The end. Uh, Cyber uh, Great podcast, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out for Cyber Bees. Tune into the bonus podcast times. where we shoot you with Cyber Bees. How long, that, how long is this already? Oh, God. We're in like 40 minutes. Give that war chimp a Buckle up. This is a two-hour podcast, everybody. <laughs> I mean, we've done them. We had a two-hour hype cast that Jason was. Every time Jason comes on, we always run like almost two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we love it. Yeah, it's Everybody nice. loves it. Except He's for like boys. the wise Yoda of internet comedy. Yeah. We got well I can't I can't believe he's still just distributing his podcast over all of our podcasts. <laughs> in a, in a in a way he's our cyber bees. In many ways, in very literal ways. <laughs> Jason Pargin, cyber bees. He's just a swarm of cyber bees. All right, who wants to go next? Oh, well, no. I I know what Sean's bringing and uh Tom, you have to go next. <laughs> I have to go next. Okay. Um, well, I don't have as much of an in-depth analysis as you, because I was going to kind of talk about... Thank God. <laughs> I was going to talk about virtuosity and also like a little bit of time cop. Okay. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite part of virtuosity is it, it goes, you know, it, it dives headlong into the, the 90s, like firm belief that VR would be fully immersive to the point where it's indistinguishable from reality. So you could actually fool people. Uh, by trapping them in, in VR, which is what they have to do um, to defeat Russell Crowe in the film. If you've not seen it, Virtuosity is a 1995 movie about uh, the the near future. I forget what year. I think it might I actually gonna, be. I was going to ask. It has to I be. Think you have to give me the year. I think it's 1999. <laughs> it's supposed <laughs> right. to be 1999. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much. I think they it's did the, the same thing with uh, with Demolition Man. They said it in like 1997. They all, they it's were 97, sure. yeah. It's yeah. like three uh, years Pre- from now. Predator 2 as well, I think was also 97. <laughs> they were really convinced shit was going to just get real loud. Uh, the year the Saint hit theaters. Um, so uh, what was it? All right. Uh, so it's it's like the, the, the near future. Virtual reality is just... It's a miracle technology, but also like not really anyone's primary focus. Like it's they they treat it as this incredibly sophisticated platform where like not only can you have fully immersive, completely realized, uh, photorealistic worlds, but they're also populated by incredibly sophisticated AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which is Sid six point seven, who is Russell Crowe, a uh, conglomerate of something like a bajillion different serial killer psyches right. including adolf hitler which they keep bringing up <laughs> if you got okay, hitler's my, my favorite brain, serial killer in, is yeah. adolf hitler you throw in the hitler I feel, brain. I feel like hitler's gonna spoil any broth right <laughs> like even if you're trying to make like uh the most uh dangerous villain for training purposes which is what he was created for i feel like throwing hitler in there is like it's it's I, I was going to make gotta a imagine the joke, one but... scientist that got fired for saying, "Hey guys, should we really make cyber serial killer Hitler?" Like Is I that feel really like what we want to do. I feel like that's that's like a bad idea, right guys? Like what are we supposed to learn from this? <laughs> Just scooted out the door. Box it's of like stuff what... thrown after him. <laughs> a keyboard bounces off the back of his head. 
it, no, it's it, yeah. I feel like it's like a, a kid at the Golden Corral Sunday Bar where they just put so like every single topping onto their ice cream to the point where it just tastes like a big blob of shit, nothing. And then Hitler gravy. Yeah, just. it's like you just congratulations, <laughs> kid, you made Hitler. That's a good uh, way to describe one too many M and M's. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, so um, so uh, they use VR in this in this future society to like train the police, and that's pretty much all they do with it. Like it seems like the 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 Los Angeles Police Department in in this version of 1999 is like SpaceX, like they're they're the the Elon Musk of this version, where like right. the scientific exam advances are all being made by like one private. Uh, company and in this version it's the cops like for some reason the cops and who are needs the- vr the most cops right the cops to ch- for training purposes uh so they use vr just to train new cops so every 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 cop is being trained with a virtual boy basically where they to have to chase bees and hitler yeah bees and hitler uh all contained within uh russell crowe who is hooting his way through the simulation like daffy duck uh, he's so great in that movie he's just, incredible in i still movie. have like residually like russell crowe because of that movie yes <laughs> I, just, I can't yes. help it he's fantastic yeah it's it was the first movie i saw him in so like everything after that i was on his side and like yeah I, like you said i still have residual afterglow from seeing virtuosity for the first time so Whatever i still you want to do russell crowe it's fine yeah anything he does i'm like it's all right he was in virtuosity i'll let this one slide um but they treat VR both as this vir- miracle technology and also something that's just kind of like whatever. Like it's they don't they don't really it's it's more just like a kind of like a, a jumping off point for this movie's plot, which is chasing in the distant year nineteen ninety seven. We will have perfectly real virtual reality and be sick of it. Yeah, we're not going to give a shit about it. Uh, we'll also have fully realized AI and, and not really feel one way or the other about it. Like they have these very advanced robots on this system and they treat it just like it's like their email pro- like their internal email program yeah. or something um and they also have a department within the los angeles uh police department that makes uh clone android bodies that you can just put uh wow. consciousnesses a lot of, a lot into. of shit happened in 1996 we really made some breakthroughs they've cheated death like they have they figured out how to create a fully immersive virtual world, a completely autonomous, self-aware AI, and clone android bodies. Like, they are pissing in the face of God <laughs> every second all those of the steps day. steps to set up your movie. You're like, okay, okay, bear with me. Guys. Yes, you that's need- all it is. <laughs> like, and and first- what is this movie going to be? Uh, it's going to be like a cop chasing a killer. It's like a chase movie. Yeah, it's like well- a cop chase movie. <laughs> Why did we need all this? It's like the. It reminds me of the scene in Spider Man Two where like Alfred Molina Doc Ock is like I my fusion project or whatever I figured out how to make a micro sun to like uh, pro- create renewable energy that like will never run out. It's completely sustainable. Also, I made this set of completely sentient metal arms that are uh, have their own intelligence and are immune to magnetism. It's like fucking what? <laughs> Wait, why did you need those things? How about that gloves first? Did we try gloves? Did we try like a stick? <laughs> yeah. Figured we had glove technology pretty well handled at this point, but boy, you really went above and beyond. Um, 
So yeah, here's the thing the though: if short... they had virtuosity technology, Lonely Housewives would be making Jeff Fahey robots and putting just barely sentient brains into them, and be like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh yeah." You yeah. could just download that scene in virtual reality. It, w- yep. it would cost you just twenty bucks. Get the get the Jeff Fahey in the bedroom. Doesn't understand what a dick is. Scene. <laughs> yeah, teach <laughs> Jeff Fahey what a dick is. Twenty dollars. It would be Job like point zero one or something. That's hot. It's like the the not, six point seven is, release. This yeah. is not a release build of Jeff Fahey. The the six point seven refers to his uh, uh, uh version number. Anyway. <laughs> I just explained that joke and ruined it. Um, so, like, the the point that I really wanted to talk about, uh, more so than just, like, they created this miracle virtual reality technology that is then just... It's, it's, the, it, it's, it's incidental to the plot, but they still treat it with the most reverence of all of their many miracle technologies in this film. Right. Like, the other two AI and Android bodies, I argue, are, like, way more incredible. And they're, like focusing on vr which existed in a rudimentary form in 1995 already but they're like no 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 what if it was like this cool wouldn't that be awesome like fuck these android bodies like what we really need is like a really cool like photorealistic video game they loved this it was- so much too they like they ignored the internet that was happening around them then they invented fake technologies to ignore for virtual reality <laughs> yes nothing is as cool as virtual reality and all of these AI and stuff still exist on like little plastic cubes. Like that's another funny thing that all these movies overlook is the internet and the fact that like digital media just won't exist in the future. I mean, right. not digital, physical media just won't exist in the future. Um, but the point I really wanted to talk about was how this, both in this movie and Time Cop, uh, they both envisioned a near future wherein jacking off using VR at work was just like a thing that people were going to do. <laughs> of course. it's not something you do i mean it's i would if i had if i had all of the right tools at my disposal um just fucking jeffrey tubin just wailing away on himself with a big clunky vr helmet (laughs) Uh, i remember in time cop it just like cuts to completely like uh, a naked woman just out of nowhere and you're like whoa what's going on here and then you like it takes a good ten or fifteen seconds for you like oh this is somebody's virtual reality helmet. Then you realize oh wow they're like a policeman at work. Like, this right, is- he's at work <laughs> at his desk. This is- it's just bad again. Another fear of VR. Like what if we have perfect VR, everybody will jack off all the time. That's the only thing stopping them. But they treat it as like a oh you kind of thing. Like it's not like a fear mongering thing. Yeah. I mean they 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 do it in like the sort of like I mean both characters in in Virtuosity and Time Cop are sort of like the stereotypical pathetic nerd uh that we loved dunking on in the 90s. Um but they still there's like this super casual like well what are you going to do? That's our that's our Fitzy or whatever the hell his name was. Jerking off again. There he goes. <laughs> oh, look at him pound away like a little rabbit. Yeah, fucking spilling his hog juice all over the keyboard. Um, what an erotic <laughs> dystopia we live within. I know, it's so fucking strange. <laughs> but it's like, I don't, like, there's something about that and, like, uh, coinciding with, like, FMV games were kind of popular around the same time in the early to mid-90s, where we really thought that was going to be right. the future. I do feel like um, in the virtuosity universe, if you can just build a robot and put whatever brain you want into it and it's like indistinguishable from a human body, like I feel like that's going to 
be very popular with the sex industry. I just feel like it's going to end jerking yeah. off. It's going to kill the jerking off industry. Right. I, I feel like that opens up a lot of possibilities in like warfare. Like I get that they had to build that because they wanted to tell the story about this glass eating android that fights Denzel Washington. And in order to get there, they had to create these technologies. But I just feel like along the way, so far, they, <laughs> they really they, did. They should have been like, okay, we, this world is very different from ours. If they have this and this and this and this, uh, I think we made a mess. We can't make this movie's fucked. Just let's start over with a new idea. And Can then we the take fucking... just to streamline a little bit? <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Um, I, I the fucking the 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 boldness to set it four years in right. the future <laughs> with all of this additional technology. They, they had I to think invent. it's because they couldn't conceive that it would ever not be the '90s. Like it's the '90s forever. We're right. gonna yeah. set something in the future. That shit's happening in the mm, '90s, motherfucker. Don't we all wish. Yeah. I wish this time would never end. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say. About, oh, oh, wait. I think I, well, I did had like a note about the movie Brain Scan, but it's not technically a VR movie. Mention Brain Scan. All right, I'll mention Brain Scan. Brain Scan, if you've not Brain Scan. Okay, cool. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're kind of, you're, you're, you're picking up what I'm putting down. Um, yeah, you and me are into the, the 90s VR movies in a big way, I think. <laughs> I collect, I've got a bunch. For um, listeners who maybe don't remember, Brain Scan was a, a horror movie in the early 90s starring Edward Furlong from Terminator 2, where he gets this fully immersive kind of VR video game that's like simulating the experience of being a serial killer. And then he finds out via this goblin that is the host of the game called i think the trickster is what he is what he's called or just it's just the devil it's basically played as just the devil right um but it's like it 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 really sort of tapped into this very boomer fear that like vr would become this hype or or it also the same vr video games around the same time uh that they would just become this hyper real realistic murder simulator that teaches kids that sex is evil because that's like kind of what like the lesson of the game of brain scan is right and like the movie ultimately uh, it's I don't know I, I don't know where I was going with that. It thought. is that if you're off at work, everybody. If you're Jeff yeah. Fahey and don't have a brain, I think it might be. But under there normal circumstances, a, yeah. there is a weird connection uh, between VR and sex through all the movies we've talked about so far. Like for some reason, we all in the '90s thought like this is like this VR is the new is landscape. Terrifying. Uh, we need to be very careful, but we're gonna fuck a lot in it. <laughs> Hell yeah. I think that's a good segue. It is a great segue. Uh, to oh, Disclosure, perfect. the 1994 oh, oh, film. That amazing <laughs> VR film, Disclosure. I forgot about the VR part of that movie. <laughs> See, I don't remember it at all. Sean well, told me a little oh, bit let about me, it. Let me tell I'll you about me. Disclosure, starring Michael Douglas <laughs> and Demi Moore. It's based on a Michael Crichton novel who gave us, of course, the great Jurassic Park and the fucking stupid timeline and the fucking stupid, but in a good way, Congo. <laughs> And it has a lot of uh, VR UI elements, but um, I'm not sure uh, everyone remembers. I know Brockway doesn't, so I'm just going to go through the entire nightmare film for you. Here's my recap sure. of Disclosure. <laughs> so it opens with a girl reading her dad's email, printing the email out, then screaming twice that he got an email, then going up and telling him a third time. <laughs> Which is how it worked. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what email is in 1984, and they're just really insecure about the audience, like not understanding what this is. So Michael Douglas... 
Uh, he's like this high powered, like tech guy. He's like running the, the manufacturing for some sort of a, a CD-ROM thing. Uh, he gets on a ferry to go to work and he starts talking about his cell phone with some guy that he knows from the boat. And the guy's like, oh, everything's getting smaller, faster and cheaper and better. And he won't shut up while Michael Douglas is on the phone. And he keeps trying to spell out the theme of the movie to Michael Douglas. And Michael Douglas is like, dude, fuck off. If you really need a job, he, he's, he needs a job. And so he's like, here, call this girl, Cindy. She's my assistant. And the guy, while he's still on the phone, like he's not listening, he goes, Cindy, pretty name. Used to have fun with the girls. Nowadays, she probably wants your job. So this, all the themes are spelled out by this guy. It's a throwaway character, but it's a Thanks, exposition hobo. <laughs> yes. Roaming exposition hobo. <laughs> it's about tech and sexism. Thanks to the roaming exposition hobo. Um, okay, so then uh, the other theme of the movie is that everyone is constantly doing OPSEC for their secrets. Like they're always protecting some secrets or doing some sort of corporate maneuvering in like an open plan office, but also asking everyone to keep it cool. Uh, they keep doing this over and over. The, the big plot of the movie is there's a big company merger and uh, there's a problem with the production for this like board for the CD-ROM thing. So that's Michael Douglas's problem. He's trying to figure out what's going wrong with these stupid boards. And he's wondering if he should keep it a secret from the other company who's going to merge with them. So um, he smacks his assistant's ass. There's a big insert shot of it. They make a big deal out of it. And uh, then... Uh, Shouldn't have done that. He's going to get eaten by a giant virtual reality ass at the end of this movie. That's going to happen. It's going to be shitting bees. There is no payoff for that uh, in a very strange way, but I'll I'll get to that. Um, So most of this Act 1 stuff is um, secret, but not secret. Everybody is um, being overheard, but also telling secrets. It's, It's stupid. Dennis Miller is in this movie. And he what? is, yes, he's the worst. Oh, he is. <laughs> this <laughs> podcast has everything. To <laughs> <So, laughs> Moore uh, shows up and she's like the head of operations from some other thing, right? Um, Michael Douglas thinks he's going to be vice president. They, they're going to make a big announcement and announce him as vice president. But Demi Moore is maneuvering for this job. And Dennis Miller goes, let me guess, she's attractive. Great rack, nipples like pencil erasers. Then she's sleeping with Garvin. Like, he's openly speculating about whether or not she's fucking their boss, talking about her nipples at work. I'm wrong. Mixed company. There's a woman in the room when he says this. Uh, Classic Miller. So, yes, even in a movie about misogyny, Dennis Miller is just objectively (laughs) offensive. So... (laughs) He's in this movie and I want to be the worst. He does more work than is necessary. Yes. I don't even know if he was... I think he might have just been on a nearby lot and came onto the set and just started talking. And they're like, all right, I guess we'll leave this guy in. Uh, Demi Moore great gives- stuff. Great, great comedy, Dennis Miller, as always. <laughs> yeah, I think she's got big weird nipples. All right. All right. <laughs> she's got nipples like Oingo Boingo's drummer on. Okay, okay. okay. I'm going to be here, here all day. Go. I'm going to be <laughs> waiting for it. Demi no, Moore we can move on now. gives a speech about technology and how it will make gender and bodies obsolete. Uh, of course. And mm. after this, uh, this is how important to me more is she gives like a company wide meeting. After this, in an open room, Dennis Miller walks up to Michael Douglas and goes, Now she doesn't give you a boner because I definitely have liftoff. 
<laughs> I wrote down all these quotes. <laughs> My notes are like six bullet points of oh. everything Dennis Miller says in this movie. Now, we know from his contract writer at Bordello of Blood that he will not do the lines as scripted, and he yes. will insist on improving all of his own lines. So I'm going to use the transitive property of Bordello of Blood mm-hmm. to insist that these are all Dennis Miller's actual lines. Yes. There's simply no way that they aren't. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Let me see where we are. I'm trying to think what happens next in the movie. Um, I should have mentioned by now that Michael Douglas is getting a lot of emails from a friend, like a mysterious guy who kind of just gives him pep talk uh, and like helps him with clues. Like they're just, it's like a children's cartoon where this person won't kind of come out and tell them things. They're just like, mm, you should maybe look up this, blah, blah, blah. But then he gets an email from uh, Dennis Miller and it says, is your cock hard now? Uh Word for word, I wrote that I down. Mean, <laughs> improv, <laughs> improv that email. It's a work Hoopst. email. Hoopst among us has not received that email from Dennis Miller at some and point. Sent. And <laughs> sent it along. Yes. It's, a cha- it's a chain thing. Yeah, Send it to six people or your cock will never be hard again. That's the curse. Uh, so this is probably the thing people remember from the movie or picked up from osmosis. Uh, Michael Douglas, after he gets this email from Dennis Miller, goes to Demi Moore's office. And they're old lovers. Like they used to date back in the day. And now she's uh, vice president. And so he goes to the office and she's just throwing it at him. Like uh, she's talking about their sex uh, and how they should fuck right now while they're looking at pictures of his wife and kids. She makes him rubber shoulders. She's like bringing up spontaneous sexual things he used to do in their past. Like, guys, they once had unplanned sex in a shower. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. Wild. Uh, oh, that was fucking crazy in 1994. Yes, it was. Uh, she jumps on his face. She throws him down. He has no chance. He keeps saying no, but like, he he's like, I think I want to have sex with Demi Moore. So... Um, he's fully inside her mouth and still saying no, as if like, this is plausible deniability. Like he's not handling this well. Um, no. Yeah. So he, then he goes, uh, you want to get fucked? And it's, uh, it's kind of gross, but, uh, he's feeling it right. He tears her panties off with one hand. He like gets a good handful of them and just cranks them off. And I feel like this was meant to be very racy, uh, it, it's kind of tame now. It's very Fifty Shades of Grey tame. I think if they remade this today, she'd be like, punch me in the face so they can see the black eye. And that's like <laughs> how they... I, but anyway, he bails... Jizz in the wound. Jizz in the wound. <laughs> he bails like it's right before lyrics. he gets it in. It's like he's right there on the edge of it. And then she's really upset. And uh, everyone's kind of angry, humiliated, and ashamed. And they're screaming at each other. And... Um, then he runs out. And so... And this all happens in virtual reality? No, this is all just real. The virtual reality part hasn't even happened yet. I'm just telling you about the hit film disclosure. Uh, so he gets home and it's like he's done this a million times. He jumps in the shower. He asks his wife to get him a beer. He has these claw marks on his chest from Debbie Moore. And he like expertly covers them up with a towel while he's like having a conversation. Just like Michael Douglas cheats on his wife all the time. Uh he has a nightmare about Donald Sutherland, his boss, trying to fuck him in an elevator. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> I had that in my bullet points. Uh, so now here's where the VR user interface comes in. They show off their hot new VR system called the Corridor. And it's <laughs> dumber than you could possibly imagine. It's a giant. If you saw Community, they had like kind of a gag, I think must have been based off this. It's like a big palace that you go into with actual 
drawers that you open up and pull out actual files. Wait, why files. do they have this? I what don't is this know. For? It, it, it looks like it must add hours to looking up anything. Uh, so you pull up a file and like you open it and there's like three pieces of paper and you can take the pieces of paper and move them around. There's no like search feature. There's no voice commands. The closest they have <laughs> is like you can call an angel and then the angel can like conversationally help you. So if you're like, hey, angel, I need to find out about dinosaurs and get help with my golf swing. The angel can like help you. Uh, but they make a big thing about how the, only the user can hear the angel, which is like, a weird thing to make a point of, but it kind of comes up later. Anyway, uh, in this presentation to the executives, they access the CEO's private financials like as a gag. And then they mention, okay, we'll protect all that stuff later. So like just fucking completely unsecured data if you get into this file palace. That you have to jump into a virtual world and walk to. Yes. There's a treadmill. Uh, it's like this big, stupid, bubbly it's a treadmill. treadmill. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, I oh, thought I was joking. No, no. no but no, you have to walk three miles to get this file. Yes, yeah, so you have to physically walk with your feet to move around. Uh, so uh, then Michael Douglas like gets annihilated in a meeting because Demi Moore is sabotaging him. And then she accuses him of sexual assault off camera. So it comes back to Michael Douglas being like, oh, damn it. I really don't like how off camera I got accused of sexual assault. And then he's like, actually, it's the opposite. And everyone laughs because how absurd would it be that Demi Moore went after him? Uh, he goes to a lawyer. The lawyer thinks he's a dumb asshole and says, it's going to cost you $100,000. Everyone's going to make fun of you. Your wife's going to leave you. It's going to ruin your life. Um, so <laughs> this is a false sexual assault allegation is a very uncomfortable and frustrating and irresponsible thing to make a movie about. Like, I don't think it's good to put out in the world, like, you know what women like to do? Lie about rape. Like, that's a bad thing to to make a thing <laughs> you shouldn't, about. You shouldn't put that in your log line. Right. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that means Michael Crichton is either one of those words I mentioned, uncomfortable, frustrating, or irresponsible, or he's so into the idea of a fucking VR user interface that he attached it to his worst idea. He's like... Oh, this book sucks. You know what would make it awesome? A stupid VR palace with a little angel you could talk to. Um, Wait, do they? here's the key. Do they have to get in a stupid VR suit and helmet to get into this? Just the helmet, but there is like a full scanner that like zaps you with lasers that senses where <laughs> all your enough. stuff is. There's also haptic gloves and the treadmill. It's a it's an ordeal. Okay. Um, that counts. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, it's, it's, some, no, <laughs> it's no spinning, jizzing, barfing, coming gyroscope. <laughs> right. But... I'll take a, a walking, running, jogging, jizzing treadmill. <laughs> um, other other people's avatar, as I remember, in the corridor, will are just like these. It's like a photograph of the person yeah. just plastered on this on this like vague silhouette of a human body, just gliding toward you like a fucking yes. phantom. Yes, <laughs> it is. Fucking and everybody weird. loves this business software. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. Uh, Michael Douglas decides he's going to threaten to sue them as like a bluff or blackmail because of the big merger. He's like, dude, if this company finds out there's this weird sex scandal, then they won't want to merge with us. And again, most of this happens off camera. And then um, what happens on camera? Is it just Dennis Miller talking about his dick? The a whole lot. Time? There is a lot of that. While the movie happens in the next room. <laughs> there's a lot of... Um, <laughs> MRA speeches that take place on camera. Like Michael Douglas comes back on and he's oh, like, no. you know, men have it pretty hard. 80% of suicides are men. Like he gives a lot oh. of weird like MRA facts. Um, then Dennis Miller betrays him and tells his wife about the whole thing. He, she hadn't, she didn't know up to this point. Um, again, a lot of this happens off camera, uh, but the wife takes it really well. Like I said, I, I think 
she's been cheated on by Michael Douglas before. And she's like, <laughs> again, in, in a VR system. Yeah. She's like, is <laughs> this just lady that fucking in the VR kit? <laughs> she, she's like, uh, at a 10, <laughs> rate to me more. And he's like, all right, an eight, mm, nine. And like, cause she's like, no, nah, I know she's fucking okay. hot. Eight. Um, so she now I, knows that I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I just want to take a minute to, to really bask in the glow of the phrase betrayed by Dennis Miller. <laughs> <laughs> As were we all. <laughs> Because he, yeah, he. Can you imagine oh, being betrayed by Dennis Miller? You first have so to trust him, and why would you? <laughs> right. What, what about his whole deal is trustworthy? There's, there's an entire harrowing journey that has to happen before he can betray you. Yes. But Michael Douglas, I want to be clear, sucks. He deserved to get betrayed by Dennis Miller. He says to his wife, like, and I quote, why don't I be that evil white guy you complain about? Like, full MRA. And then he explains how sexual harassment is about power. When did I have the power? When? That was in the trailer. So you, like I say, you probably remember that. Um, and again, uh, he asks this as if it's a rhetorical question. But if you were to try to answer it, um, this takes place after he's already established he's blackmailing a $100 million merger. Like he has quite a lot of power. Um, yeah. So they, they, that's the power dynamic. They spend a huge part of the movie explaining that. And then here's the main character saying like, oh, what about white guys? Um uh, maybe I should have cheated on you with Demi Moore if you're going to cheat me like a fucking bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so here he is as the leading expert on their flagship technology, complaining about how he doesn't have any power. And then he gets uh, some trouble. He gets into some trouble in the deposition about uh, things Dennis Miller said, because uh, Dennis Miller talked to him a lot about boners. And yeah, he did. Yes, and we've Michael established D- that Michael Douglas like That's that was good filmmaking. Um, I didn't. Uh, I didn't say those things. And they're like, yeah, but you can donate. He's like, it's just guys talking. So he like defends it in the deposition. Like he's the I, fucking worst. He's, he's not the again. Once again, not the first time somebody has been deposed over shit that Dennis Miller has said. <laughs> so, but here's the thing: is that he doesn't come off great. Like. When Demi Moore just truthfully describes some of the stuff they talked about, uh, he sounds like a total asshole. And and, and he was in many ways. Um, like, for example, uh, Demi Moore's like, hey, your wife is kind of fat. She didn't say it like that. But uh, Michael Douglas defends her. He's like, hey, come on. She hasn't lost all the weight from the kids. But like in the deposition, it sounds like just the nail in the coffin of his marriage where she's like, yeah, he was telling me that his wife hadn't lost all the weight from her kids. And it's like, oh, he... He actually did, but like, not like you're making it sound. And like, it, it, it totally takes that both sides thing that like the most insufferable asshole would talk about and makes a whole movie scene out of it. And it's, it's fucking terrible because again, the, th- the theme of the movie is boohoo. Innocent guys are being hurt by these lying whores, but it's seductive. Like Demi Moore's filthy mouth. Like you kind of get in on it. You're like, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, he did cheat on his wife. I mean, meeting with your ex without telling her that's trouble. Uh, if, if you make out with her, like it's fucking over. And if your dick was in her mouth, go ahead and get her pregnant and start a second family because you've maxed out on cheating. No woman in the world has ever said, oh, cool. You just did mouth stuff. Sorry for freaking out and getting all jealous. So I want to be clear. Michael Douglas is the co-villain of this movie. He cheated on his wife. He was a total MRA asshole. Uh, God, what happens next? He meets with Donald Sutherland. And Donald Sutherland's like, come on. Just like she put her hand on your knee. Just get flattered by it. And um, 
Michael Douglas just delivers a line like a Lifetime movie girl boss. He's like, I work for her. It's illegal. It's like, dude, your dick was in her mouth. Anyway, um, at the mediation. Is that, is that Donald Sutherland's line? Does he say, dude, in his Do- <laughs> yes. Donald Sutherland voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the the next mediation, I have in my notes that uh, they brought in Michael Douglas's assistant, who admits that uh, he did pat her on the ass and sometimes rubs her shoulders. And uh, so now, like, there's a pattern, and it's like, yes, these things you're doing aren't good, Michael Douglas. <laughs> Yes, there is a pattern. <laughs> like, the movie tries to present it as like, oh, what what's being what he did is being twisted and misconstrued. Yes. It's like, no, 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 there is a pattern. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Um, he figures out that he recorded the entire session by calling the wrong person with his little cyber phone he didn't know how to work. And so he has a friend who has all of the interaction with the Mimor on their answer machine. And uh, he like... Gets the tape from him. Because you couldn't figure out how to get out of this corner you wrote yourself into. Exactly. So he meets with this guy and he kisses the guy on the mouth in celebration. Like he's learned nothing. He's like, thanks for the tape. Kissed the man on the mouth. Um, Just to be clear. uh, That's that's uh, to set up the sequel. (laughs) He's still assaulting people. (laughs) Yes. Now this tape exonerates the shit out of him because he's just going, no, 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 Demi Moore, I don't want this. You know, his dick is in her mouth off camera, but just the audio, you're like, okay, he's he's in the clear. And then Demi Moore says out loud, sometimes no means a person wants to be overwhelmed, dominated. And she complains that like, oh my God, you need like the UN resolution to officiate sex these days. She's just sexually aggressive and you can't handle it. And her lawyer is not into it. He does not like this... uh this monologue she gives. Um, it is, it's very much the worst guy in the world saying the worst things, but just gender swapped and spoken aloud by Demi Moore. Uh, so it's a crushing win. They leave. He's Michael Douglas in the clear movie is over. Nope. There's 33 minutes left. So Demi Moore <laughs> and Dylan Baker have like another sinister ace up their sleeve. And that whole like sexual assault thing is kind of done because the real plot of the movie is they're trying to get Michael Douglas fired for incompetence because you can't just fire someone of Michael Douglas's like corporate level unless he really fucks something up. So they're trying to sabotage his line of CD-ROMs so that he so they can say hey he sucks uh fire him. That's it. That those are the stakes now. Um so he needs to get proof that they sabotaged it. So he has to break into the executive hotel where they have the travel VR treadmill digiscander corridor prototype set up. So he has to go. They have a travel <laughs> treadmill? Yeah, it's like the you prototype. Bring the travel rig? Yeah, it's set up in their hotel room. So he breaks into because the hotel room. Because this is room. more convenient than bringing the files you need with you. Yes. Or copies of them. Right. He has to get in there. So he. Um, <laughs> it's more bodacious, at least. Yes. He, he breaks into the hotel room. He, he straps himself into this fucking elaborate thing. Goes into the cyber CGI palace and it's like 900 yards between him and a single piece of data. So he's just like walking around <laughs> through all these pillars and arcs of limitless MC Escher fucking design. And he gets these files out and slowly looks at these like single pieces of paper. And then Demi is back at the office and she's logging in and Michael Douglas is like, oh my God, she's in the system. And so now it's a cyber showdown with her trying to delete files while he's reading them with no way to record them. Um, so he calls for the angel and it's a creepy little monster. He's like, angel, you're, he's trying to reason with it. He's like, you're supposed to protect the files. Don't let her delete the files. He's like, hey, sorry, you're like a level zero 
guy and she's level <laughs> five. And, and so he sees a video of them word for word plotting his downfall. And, uh, this is the part that Tom remembers where there's an evil wireframe to me more stalking around. And it looks yes. like a wireframe of a man. Like if you remember the arcade punch out and you, you sort of could see through your character, it's that. But then like a 2D like photo ID of Oh my Demi god, Moore. tell me they fight in VR. They don't. It's just it lurks it. it lurks around behind him while he's looking at files. It's the fucking weirdest shit. And then, This is the best way to portray this interaction. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It really it really this makes is the only tool. Yeah. <laughs> we we need we need Android robot bodies, we need full functional AI, we need a little demo demi Moore wireframe stalking mm-hmm. around the background. Sir, you need all of this to uh, to do a file scene? Am I reading? You, it's a file scene. Right. How else would it be exciting? Oh, right. Because he's like broken into a place and here come the executives like into the room where he's doing this VR thing. So they come in and he like at the last minute escapes. Um, they're like, hey, we must have left it on. Like they just they're just fucking drunk idiots. And <laughs> uh, so now the stake in the movie is his stock options. They basically laid out that they'll fire him, but he'll still get like a severance package. He has like a 6,000 square foot home. His wife's a fucking lawyer. He has a golden parachute at this company. Like, I really feel for this. Yeah, guy. there's, n- yeah. if he gets fired, who the fuck cares? Um, so then he finds right, out because he deserves to get fired. Yes, for, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Dozens of reasons. Uh, we did just show him breaking and entering and virtual breaking and entering, which is worse. Ex- yeah, that's a good point. In the eyes of the law. In the eye, so many crimes that he's done. Uh, so many terrible low character moves. Um, the next day, uh, his assistant is going through reams and reams of printout because he found a guy in Malaysia who had backup copies of some of the data that will clear his name. Uh, Again, just writing, writing yourself out of that corner. <laughs> yes. And so to his credit, he apologizes to her. He's like, hey, I'm sorry for the shoulder rubs and the butt smacks. And she smacks him on the ass it's it's very much the tone well, you'd can expect you believe it guys it's if you women were, <laughs> if, if you had a scene where each of the races walked up to mel gibson and said you can say our slur mel gibson you've earned it it's very much that type of tone it's it's the worst thing you could have possibly shown to an audience uh anyway <laughs> this movie very irresponsible <laughs> Very film. irresponsible movie. Anyway, Michael Douglas goes up and he gives a presentation on the CD-ROM drive and he just like dunks on Demi Moore. He's like got a multimedia video presentation set up to destroy her. Like she's like, I've never even seen the line. And he like cuts to a video of her on the line from like a Malaysian TV news broadcast. And she loses her mind and says a bunch of crazy shit. And she's just a smoldering crater. Like she completely self-destructs. Michael Douglas wins. There's 10 more minutes to go. Yay. Oh, <laughs> so Demi Moore goes up to him and complains that she actually won and someday she'll come back to buy the place. Michael Douglas is like, um, no, maybe actually I won. And then Donald Sutherland addresses both of the merged companies and he complains that he's been stupid with this trying to break the glass ceiling. He should have been focused on the best woman. He should have been focused on finding the best person. It's, it's not quite oh, okay. all lives matter, but if this speech and all That's lives a matter swerve you didn't need yeah. to take. It, it, they'd be good friends. It's it's all lives matter adjacent. Anyway, he gives <laughs> the job. Sucks. He gives the job to Michael Douglas. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He gives the job to an older business lady who had a few lines earlier in the movie. She did it. She wins the movie. Uh, and also, her son and her were the secret email buddy that were giving him like 
cryptic pep talks all movie. So congratulations. The end. We did it. I don't even know why they put the VR interface in the movie. It was objectively stupid, even if it were to exist. And it didn't help the movie because it didn't even make the heist cool. He had to break into a place anyway. And was this even set in the future? Did they just, <laughs> no. were they just like, no, email this was, was so, this was Michael Crichton being like, listen, I don't know how business works. There's no <laughs> way for me to search. How, how does business work? I could talk to a businessman, but why? 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 Need- so uh, I'm just going to guess. This is it. The, the, the MRA movie about computers. About With a awesome mandatory VR kingdom hidden inside of it. It's a, a, a truly singular movie that uh, did a lot of harm. I, I think that uh, no good came from this movie. It ruined the world in not a small way. Yeah, it actively made the world a worse place, and not just because it was another vehicle for Dennis Miller. <laughs> this podcast started so fun. <laughs> Listen, baby. That wasn't even me. That was someone that was a guest. <laughs> I really like that you did a Dennis Miller impersonation. <laughs> I Hold on. I left one very important quote for you guys here at the very end. Uh, in the Lawnmower Man, uh, Dr. Lawrence Pierce Brosnan's character senses Job growing out of control for the first time, and they're still sort of friends. And he, he looks him deep in the eye and he says, The first sign of psychosis is a Christ complex. And uh, Job, Jeff Fahey, <laughs> he thousand yard stares off into the distance for a long time, and he's contemplating this warning from his friends. He ominously whispers, Cyber Christ. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. It's a podcast canal. Und mit maximalen Schau. Doc Frankfurt podcast. Correct. Yeah. The craft is nicht trapped, is nicht ohne. Schick dich in die Hundesau. Für eine Stunde. Come Sean. Du kennst die Nummer. The Cosmoverse is in trouble once again. Evil Count Spatula and his Star Boys have captured Princess Ether, and it's up to the Supremes to save her now. The universe needs Wienertron, to your lion, Three Finger Louie, Adrian H, Alpha Scientist Jabo, Armando Nava, Uform, the head, Aiden Moat. Benjamin Cyronin, Brandon Garlock, Bim Talzer, you're the left leg, Brianne Whitney, Rockway loves the meat millie, Dr. Awkward, Chad, you're the right leg, Eric Spaulding, Dean Costello, Chase McPherson, you pilot the right arm, Chris Brower, K&M, Laziest man on Mars. Curious glare, you're on left arm duty. Dan B, you're the left hand. Jellaho, Ken Paisley. Hambone, you're on torso patrol. Haraka, Hot Fart. Jaber Al Aiden, you're 
Uh, you're the right hand. Patrick Herbst. Rev. John Dean. Left foot. John McCammon. Right foot. John Minkoff. Josh Fabian. Josh S. is... Uh, the gyrating hips. Mark. Matt Cortez. Matt Riley, you're the heart. Mike Styles, Moju. N.D. Neil Bailey, you're the brain. Neil Schaefer, you're the guts. Nick Ralston, you're the pancreas. Everything needs a pancreas. Nick H. Rhiannon. Rich Joslin, you're the id. Sarkovsky, you're the ego. Donald Finney. Timmy Leahy. Tommy G, we can't do this without you. You're the, uh, the hair. Toasty God. Aaron Croston. Tom Sakula, we need you to be the glasses. Fancy Shark. Yosarian. And Cyril. You're the third leg. You know what I mean, Cyril. Look, I'm trying to be a gentleman here, but fine. You get in that cock line.